Columbus Dispatch is taking an in-depth, year-long look at the Linden neighborhood. This series will explore how Linden became one of the most economically depressed neighborhoods in Columbus and the challenges of revitalizing the neighborhood. We'll speak with residents, neighborhood leaders, and elected officials throughout the series. You can read about it in the newspaper at Dispatch.com and listen on this podcast. This is Living in Linden. Whenever Mayor Andrew Ginther talks about his top priorities, he says the same thing. Neighborhoods, neighborhoods, neighborhoods. But some neighborhoods are still struggling. That includes Linden, a neighborhood the administration has said it's focusing on, but residents say isn't changing quickly enough. A centerpiece of the administration's efforts in Linden is developing a neighborhood plan. The Dispatch has been putting a spotlight on the neighborhood this year with our Living in Linden series. This month, we're taking a look at City Hall efforts in Linden. What's working? What isn't? And is the city keeping its promises to the neighborhood? I'm Rick Ruan, City Hall reporter for the Columbus Dispatch, and I have with me Nick Bankston, who's overseeing the city's Linden planning process for the Department of Neighborhoods. Thanks for joining me, Nick. Thanks for having me. So can we start off with you explaining why Linden has been a focus for the administration? If you can kind of give us an overview of what's been happening in that neighborhood to set the stage. Sure. I think that, you know, even going back to Mayor Ginther's time on city council and as city council president, uh, one of the things that really stood out to him that has been a centerpiece of the work of our administration is infant mortality. Um, and really infant mortality being a key indicator of um, the success of a, of a city and really an indicator of what's can going on in those neighborhoods. So so I think that one of the things that we found in Linden and, and really eight of our priority neighborhoods is that it's not just about access to health care. It's the social economics, uh, the social determinants of health that surround these neighborhoods. So that's why, you know, Linden is a priority for us. We know that for years it hasn't been um, invested in and it hasn't sh- shared in the success of our city. And I think the mayor out the gate realized that and really stuck his claim there and said that, you know, this is where we're going. Sure. And so you are overseeing the this planning process for Linden. It's been a while now. We're, we're looking at 18 months that, yeah. that you guys have been engaged with this. When did uh, the idea of developing the Linden plan come about and what was that kind of born out of? So I think that it was born well before the 18 months. And I think uh, as we started in the early years of the administration, looking towards Linden, looking towards the hilltop is what is going to be our strategy? What is the the Ginther administration's vision for the neighborhood. And really to his commitment is that my vision for the neighborhood is what the residents want to see. And so uh, we embarked on uh, really coming up with a strategic plan, a document that will help to guide and shape our investments as a city, but also uh, be a really a framework for, for partners that we bring on that we can point to and say, you know, we've done this engagement. This is the vision that we have for the community. These are recommendations that have been vetted and that we think will help to turn the community around. So really it came out of having a strategic plan in place. We know that money isn't going to solve the issue and just strictly investment or built environment and infrastructure improvements isn't going to solve the problem. But there are a lot deeper rooted issues that we have to address that are both policy and physical. So if you talk with folks in Linden, and I'm sure you, you've you heard this too, they they want these problems to be fixed yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and the planning process has taken 18 months and certainly there's going to be an implementation phase after that. What has been sort of the the reason for the the process taking the amount of time that it has? I think, um, one, we wanted to make sure that we had authentic engagement. You know, I think it's no secret that Lyndon has had many plans done before, whether they be academic studies, 
properties or ones commissioned by the city. But this time around, we really wanted to give us time to really go deep with the neighbors to understand their problems. Again, stats on a sheet of paper are just that. It's just numbers, uh, right? But these people live there every single day. They know the ins and outs better than any of us. So for us to come in just based off of purely data and not understand what they're coming from or get context behind that would be disingenuous. Also, you know, during that time frame, the mayor made it very clear that he did not run for mayor to make plans, but to transform neighborhoods. So we haven't just been sitting you know, on the sidelines waiting for this plan to get done, you know, saying once the plan is get done, then we'll get started. Uh, But we've been making announcements, $20 million investment in a new rec center. We have moved forward with our comprehensive safety strategy, looking at safe streets program, looking at cleaning up alleys, looking at new street lighting in certain areas. Next year, the Cleveland Avenue corridor is going to receive um, decorative lightings to finish out the corridor, as well as those being upgraded to LED. So we've been making, you know, progress where we uh, can. But I think for longer term, because we know that it's going to take time for the neighborhood to transform, that we have to have that strategic plan in place and a longer term vision for the community. So now that you guys are on the verge of finishing up this plan, I understand that you guys are, are pretty close to to releasing that. Mm-hmm. What is the, uh, I guess, the, the driving force in, in that plan? What, what are you guys looking at and what can people expect out of the, the final document? Yeah, so well, we took an integrated approach uh, to this planning effort. So there's five pillars of the plan that we looked at. It's education and workforce, transportation, housing, health and safety, and small business and retail. And the approach we took is, again, an integrated approach. So really looking at what are 10, uh, we call them the 10 big ideas. So what are the transformational things that need to happen in order for the neighborhood to turn around? And which out of these of the five pillars, action items do we need to tackle in order for that to happen? Because we know that, you know, in previous plans, or you've seen uh, a lot of cases, they silo of things. So here's your strategy for housing. Here's your strategy for education. Here's your strategy for safety. But I think what we realized early on in Linden is that all of it is related, right? So the housing stock and and what's going on there is directly related to crime. And crime issues, again, play into the population decrease. Population decrease doesn't allow us to stimulate Simulate small business growth. So all these things work together. So we really are taking an approach that we're focusing on really 10 transformational ideas and then elements of each of those pillars that need to be tackled. You alluded to it uh, earlier that, you know, there have been planning processes in Linden before that, that people in the neighborhood have seen. And, and I've certainly heard, you know, a little bit of skepticism around this particular plan and why it's going to be different than previous plans that, that maybe didn't have the, the kind of follow through that people wanted to see. What is different about this plan than those done in the past? Yeah, I think the difference is the commitment, right? I mean, early on in the process, uh, Mayor Ginther, as well as my director, Director William Scott, made a commitment. My position is a newly created position that's specifically to do this work, both in Linden and the Hilltop. I think that shows commitment. The mayor is committed to bringing on private sector partners, nonprofit and other public partners. That's commitment. I think also the the, the commitment goes further in knowing that we will have an entity or organization that will lead this every day because we know that we need someone that's on the ground who wakes up every single day thinking about transforming that neighborhood. So really, I think it's just the level of commitment from this administration and from this mayor. And I think that when you go out there and you call a neighborhood out by name, you know, you put a lot of stake in that. So he is committed to the work and so um, are all of we. What kind of resources are going to be needed to make sure that this plan is uh, followed up on, that that implementation is successful, and where do those resources end up needing to come from? 
Yeah, so I think that there will be resources that are needed for physical interventions, so housing and those types of efforts. There's also going to be resources that are needed for some of the more programmatic pieces of the plan. So right now we're piloting a great education intervention in Hamilton Elementary called the Community Collaborative Model for School Improvement. It's already showing signs of success. Discipline rates are down. Out-of-school suspensions are down. And the whole key to that piece is having a single person at the school who is a parent and student coordinator who helps to connect families to resources. So we know that there's a dollar amount associated with that. Uh, where those resources come from is, again, like as I alluded to, is a combination. Public-private partnerships. The city is not able to do this work alone. We have uh, dedicated partners already in the neighborhood doing great work, like Battelle through YMCA. Huntington is a great partner who has stepped up and will be doing some great lending in the area and their CRA commitment, as well as uh, Georgetown has been a partner with us from the beginning. So we've been really thinking about creative ways of how we get those resources, but also putting the cards on the table to our corporate partners to say, you know, if you're not, you may not physically be located in some of these neighborhoods, but we all have a stake in the success of those neighborhoods. You mentioned Georgetown. That was the tax break uh, for East End from 2017, where there was money specifically earmarked out of that for or Linden. Can you tell us a little bit about where things stand with that money? Has any of that money been spent? Is, is it sort of waiting for, for this plan to tell us where things stand with that pot of money? Sure. So it's it was a you know a great innovative legislative piece that allowed us to basically have a remote TIF. Um, so as development happens at Easton, those TIF dollars, which are used for infrastructure, can be diverted to Linden. So currently right now, the total is about a $5.75 million. Now, the TIF is paid over time, so I'm not sure the exact amount in there now, but the money has not been spent. It has not been allocated, and one of the reasons is because we did want the community to help guide and shape where those investments went. Sure. What neighborhood should we be looking to as the model for Linden? <laughs> That's a a really great question. I think that there's a lot of great neighborhood stories out there uh, that have come back, but really I think it's a combination of three that come to mind for me. So that's the South Side and Southern Gateway works that Children's Hospital is doing and Community Development for All People. The PACT model on the Near East Side and the work that the city is doing there in partnership with the Housing Authority and Ohio State and then a Wyland Park. So all three distinctively different neighborhoods, all three distinctly different implementations styles, if you will, for transformation. But I think that they can, there's a bits and pieces that we can learn from each one of those and we can apply to Linden. You know, we don't have a great huge anchor institution like a Nationwide Children's or OSU in our backyard, but I think that that collaborative approach that was taken in Wyland Park could be applied to Linden. That quarterbacking and having a dedicated community quarterback that's happened on the near east side with PACT is something that we can apply to Linden. So I think that there's elements of each three of those neighborhoods that really can kind of be a, a guiding point for us. Yeah, you, you talked about the lack of an anchor institution uh, and, and that idea of having a, a quarterback for the the neighborhood. Who needs to be the, the champion for Linden to make this a successful revitalization? I think the person that needs to be a champion, and he already is, is the mayor. You know, he is the leader of our city, and he is championing it himself. Now, when you turn on a day-to-day operations standpoint, I think that person is yet to be determined, right? I think that is a person that needs to have a good balance of understanding economic development and neighborhood development, but also has a balance of people and understanding the current culture of the neighborhood as well. So I think that person is yet to be determined, but I think we have a champion in the mayor. What do you see as the most critical piece to revitalizing? Linden. I think the most critical piece is the people. 
is making sure that we put people first. It's not about, you know, great new developments. And I know that uh, for community members, they, they see development and construction as progress. But I think for us, progress will be when we see that infant mortality is cut in half in Linden. Progress is going to be for us when we see that median household incomes are rising. Progress is going to be for us that we see that home ownership go up. So really, you know, investing in the people that they can really live out their full capacity is really, I think, the centerpiece of what we need to do. That's all I have for you, Nick. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me.